You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal Or measure them all by box office appeal But for once in your life Be real! Welcome one and all to Chance and Noah's audition to host the 91st Academy Awards. This is a special episode of Be Real. As long as this show has existed, we have done Oscar shows, and uh, this year is, is no exception. Am I right, Noah Ballard? Absolutely not. <laughs> or yes. What was the question? <laughs> oh, you are in fine form. I was just looking at the Ask the List of Nominees and already feeling out of my depth, both because I don't understand how the Oscars evaluate films and because I haven't seen a few of these. Well, I think we're going to build this as like Chance tries to help Noah win his office Oscar pool for all the good that did us last year, right? Yeah, if you want to go back to last year, you can witness me coming in last (laughs) place in my office pool. Uh, and Chance, you can bring up some good memories from from that one because I I can't remember what we said. I just remember not, not remembering winning. anything. What do you think went wrong? What was even the best picture last year? It's oh been, my god! It's been four years since the last year. Well, the fact that you asked that question actually is was critical to you coming in last because every time I said no, you should take Shape of Water. You said Phantom Thread. Like, you said, yes, you said things like, and I quote, I just don't support Guillermo that way, which is a very <laughs> quick way to stick to your principles and lose an Oscar pool. So let's see if we can do better this year. This year, I've consumed more Oscars content. I think I've seen every movie except At Eternity's Gate that we're going to discuss today. And What's uh, that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, uh, that, my friend, is the Best Actor nomination that was stolen from Ethan Hawke for First Reformed and given to Willem Dafoe for a movie about Vincent Van Gogh that nobody saw or liked. That's right. I barely remember that that came out. It did. Um, but I got some odds. I got some tidbits. Should we get? Should we just start oh, at the top wait. and run to the bottom? Let's do it. So what's all the right. first category on the Curtis Brown? Because it's all over the place. Yeah, you your office chooses its own order. Yeah, we we, bar- you- we uh, march by the beat of our own drum when it comes to... Like, they give them out in a weird order, too, but they don't give out Best Picture right in the middle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that uh, that much. At your agency, the uh, first step on our left foot for the uh, beat of that drum is actor in a leading role. You want to start there? Sure, yeah. So it's Christian Bale and Vice, Willem Dafoe and At Eternity's Gate, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, and Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. So you can already check off uh, Bohemian Rhapsody because there's no way in hell that's going to win. For Best Actor. I think that movie just like doesn't win a single oscar just because how hollywood has like soured on brian singer after that explosive report about his sexual misconduct i think that is a optimistic view i think that a piece in the times came out last weekend where a journalist interviewed 20 random voters and every single one said they picked rami malik to win 
Oh my god. He's like 25 to right. Uh, this almost assures though cuz if he wins it almost assures the Brian Singer redemption story where in Does like it? 5 years he's like the last picture he directed like raised Rami Malek to Oscar winner. Now he returns with you know, whatever mm. fucking Oscar bait. Like his Hacksaw Ridge. His you know, Hacksaw like Ridge. The, I read this brilliant... Did you read... Now we can play that game from Portlandia. Did you read that piece about Mel Gibson <laughs> and how he is like the model for male apology tours? In the sense that he's never meaningfully apologized? What? Do you, what, what? Well, it's just that he had such a falling out with you know, what society will accept as like appropriate behavior for an actor uh, in Mm. Hollywood. And now he's back in, like he made Hacksaw Ridge. He was in the daddy's home sequel. That's right. And now he's got like four movies lined up for next year. So it seems that like, if you come back with some quality art that nobody can ignore, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) <laughs> I have successfully ignored almost all of it. Um, Interesting, think, though, that you think Rami Malek is like the... You think he's a lock. He's a lock. He's, he's following in the footsteps of Jamie Foxx and Joaquin Phoenix and other 21st century big, uh, prestigious biopic, like, oh, what an impression sort of performances. And he's got it. Is there another one you want to argue for? I just feel like I can totally see Vigo Mortensen getting this and walking up to the podium and oh. saying like, movies don't see color. And it's like, no, yeah. Vigo Mortensen, no. <laughs> so these are our two options. I was okay working for like a child rapist and uh, I don't see color. Um, so what do you, <laughs> it's your office pool. I think. Okay. I'll go ha- with, I'll go with Rami Take Malik. Rami Malek. That's safe. You really have to just go with safe money here. We're four misfits who don't belong together. They're playing for other misfits. The outcasts right at the back of the room. We're pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. Actress in a leading role. Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma. Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Glenn Close in The Wife, and Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. I think The Wife was the best movie I saw from last year. I didn't even have to ask you to do it. In a world where people left and right are like, what is The Wife? <laughs> you have legitimate affection for that movie. Can you please explain? Yeah, I mean, it's like what it's about. Like, what do you want me to explain? What you love about it. I think it's just like a really interesting movie about this titular wife who's standing by her like sort of Philip Rothian husband as he goes on this Pulitzer tour. And she like gets into like sort of this, she has this like B life, like not with him. But then it sort of calls into question like, why did you think she had a B life and that this other thing like wasn't the lesser part anyway? It's sort of a trick of a movie and it's centered around Glenn Close who is fabulous in it. She has this like smoldering thing um, with, what's his name? Christian Slater. Yeah. Christian Slater's terrible in this movie. Christian Slater is terrible, but like Glenn Close sort of like, I mean, she like chews on him as if he were a piece of furniture or something. I am aware of Joe's various indiscretions. His affairs have nothing to do with you. That's a deep-seated fear of inadequacy. 
Don't paint me as a victim. I am much more interesting than that. The whole movie is Glenn Close lifting up what I think is otherwise pretty like mediocre. We're in a hotel conference room and Jonathan Price is writing love notes on walnuts. <laughs> I like but that Close part. is good. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't like the wife. Well, this is Glenn Close's Oscar, so circle that one. You don't think it's Olivia Coleman at all? You don't think no. it's Lady Gaga at all? No. Glenn you think Close. it's Glenn Close? But this is a movie that came from nowhere, a movie that nobody saw when Sony Picture Classic put it out in September. And then all of a sudden, like from the primordial ooze, people were like, I think Glenn Close has probably got this for the wife. And for six months, people were like, <laughs> what is the wife? And you could only see it on airplanes, which is how you I saw watched it, it, right? I watched it on airplane. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Which this airplane ride did you watch it? I waited until I could rent it, which was like three weeks ago. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a movie that only exists to win Glenn Close at Oscar. And she's going to. I disagree. I think it's a deeper movie than that, but I think we can agree to disagree on Glenn Close. All right. Actor in a supporting role? Actor in a supporting role. Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Adam Driver for Black Klansman. And Sam Rockwell as W in Vice. Do you think Mahershala Ali was surprised that he got the nomination for Green Book and not Alita Battle Angel? <laughs> yeah probably um i mean in brother i had to sell that farmland <laughs> do you think that sam elliott might get it I, that would be really nice but like i don't think so mahershal ali is the odds-on favorite here i think he's actually very akin to uh rami malik in that he is the very awardable part of a movie that is otherwise in sort of like dire political shape as far as its reception. But it is weird that everyone's just like, yeah, Mahershala, he's great. He's great in this movie. It's like, well, he just won for something much, much better in Moonlight. Um, and Sam Elliott doesn't have an Oscar. And I could see it going to Richard great. E. Grant. Cause like he yeah. has been in so many profiles and like prominent places these past couple of weeks. I feel like they're doing a real campaign for him. What's our strategy here? Are you really trying to win? Are you going to try to will anything good into... My vote doesn't like count. It's not like voting for the Green Party or something. But that's what I mean. Like Last year, we basically tried to like will get out to Best Picture, and we ended up losing you your pool. <laughs> so right. should we do any of that, or should we just circle Mahershala Ali? He's Let's the just go for Mahershala. I, I want to win. I'm not going to fall on $5 uh, just because of the movie I liked. That's why I do a podcast. What are you doing? A lot of May I? Dear Dolores, sometimes you remind me of a house. You know this is pathetic, right? Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Supporting actress chance? Yes, your nominees for actress in a supporting role are Amy Adams for Vice, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, Rachel Vice for The Favorite, Marina de Tavira for Roma, and Emma Stone for The Favorite. What's the word here? I don't think I've heard anything. Regina King, maybe? The word is Regina King, yes. Acting, I, I don't know why. Have acting nominations always been as boring as they've been the last three years? Like, last year was total chalk, and it feels like this year we're headed for the same thing. I, I saw If Beale Street Could Talk. I saw The Favorite. I didn't really like either of them. 
So it's hard to say. I mean, Regina King has, I think, like the most emotionally resonant scene of those three people. I think that's the safe bet, baby. That child is coming. It's your grandchild. I don't understand you. It's your grandchild. What difference does it make how he gets here? The child ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't none of us got nothing to do with that. Animated feature film. Incredibles 2. Mirai? I don't even know what that is. Sorry, folks. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Isle of Dogs, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. This has got to be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, doesn't it? It's a, yeah, the odds are super in its favor. Um, and I think that like people who are into animation and VisFX in the Academy are just enamored of this movie. Yeah, Adam Nemet uh, keeps texting me to go see it. And like it's kind of fun every time he follows up with me saying like, nah, I haven't seen it. I probably am not gonna. So I haven't seen it yet. Um, have you seen it? I actually have not. Interesting. But people love it. Yeah, people seem to go nuts to it. For it? Go nuts of it? <laughs> they go nuts upon this movie. So please circle it on your <laughs> <laughs> gross Oscar ballot. Circle that shit. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Production design, Black Panther, First Man, Roma, The Favorite, and Mary Poppins Cometh again. Well, having seen Mary Poppins Returns on Christmas break, um, I'm going to have to give it to anything but that. (laughs) I haven't seen that one. Do tell. What's not? That movie was awful. Really? It's like they remade it with like not as good songs, but similar sounding songs so much as though you were like, I wish I was watching the original Mary Poppins right now. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Black Panther? The favorite in Black Panther. This is an actually close race. Those are your two. Those are your two. Um, your two front runners. Uh, piece of trivia for you: If Hannah Beachler wins for Black Panther, or Ruthie Carter wins for uh, makeup, it would be the first time a black woman has ever won in a craft category at the Oscars. Wow! Ever. So this would be quite substantial. I really like my personal feeling would be for black panther for this one i mean it is the things it is these craft elements that make it stand out so much as a marvel film i like the favorite a lot but i think the sort of traditional opulence of it is not the strength of the movie i hate the favorite i know you do i'm happy to circle black panther my son it is your time show me my respect and bow down you get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Restart. This podcast is brought to you by California College of the Arts MFA in Writing Program. Getting an MFA at their art school setting in San Francisco means that you can write and paint, write and design, and write and make a film. You can also write and write. Look for their MFA faculty member Tom Barbash's novel, The Dakota Winters, out from Echo. And their alum, Adam Nemet, and podcast favorites, We Can Save Us All, out now from Unnamed Press. 
For more information, open an internet browser and type in www.cca.edu slash writing MFA. Okay. The nominees for cinematography are Roma and four other movies that are not going to win. You think it's Roma? I'm kidding. The other nominees are Cold War, Star is Born, The Favorite, and Never Look Away. But yes, uh, Alfonso Cuaron is his own DP. This is like, it, it's the most, it is the most, you know, crown me for cinematography movie I've seen in a hot minute. Though people are going kind of nuts for Cold War, aren't they? That movie is beautifully shot. Um, the cinematography is a huge strength of that movie. Uh, but Roma's like way, way out in front. Okay. Roma it is. <laughs> Costume design. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the favorite. Mary Queen of Scots in its sole nomination. Black Panther and Mary Poppins returns. Did you see Mary Queen of Scots? I did. God, why? Did you review it for Willamette? I did. <laughs> what did you think of that? It is. Uh, I liked it actually more than most people, but it's an incredibly flawed snapshot of history. I tell you what's the problem with Scotland. It's full of Scots. Yeah, and if that movie wins, it would just be like, uh, did you like Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love? Because like, this is what the Queen looked like 30 years before that. I like how they're keeping it all in the same universe, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual favorite for costumes is the favorite, uh, and Black Panther close behind. Okay, I think I might give this to the favorite, though. Feels like kind of a given, right? Dearest Queen, you are mad. Giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance. Mrs. Molly, we are at war. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. How are the costumes in Mary Poppins Returns? Yeah, not anything. I was like, huh. Actually, I did have this moment where, uh, what's his name? The Lin-Manuel Miranda? No, no, Q from uh, the new Bond films. Oh, Ben Wishaw? When Ben Wishaw is just like affecting sad, like all over this bank, while like everyone else in the film is in an entirely different movie, that I was like, that suit kind of doesn't fit him that well. (laughs) It's insane that you remember that. And now here we are talking about it being lauded for its costume ring or maybe that was intentional because it like shows how thin he is because they are like low on money or whatever whatever i could not abide the very idea that ben wishaw was the cruel english father in mary poppins returns when he's the voice of paddington in like the better british children's entertainment right yeah so i'm sorry what am i what are we Uh talking about now do we think that we're still on costuming because we're wasting time um do we think that Tim Blake Nelson stealing Glenn Campbell's shirt should uh, <laughs> should count us. for a, a best costume design? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, all right. We're on to a heavy hitter. We are on to directing. Oh, wow. Your nominees are, your office is so funny, Spike Lee, Black Klansman, Yorgos Lanthimos, The Favorite, Adam McKay, Vice, Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, and Powell Polakowski for Cold War. I cannot live in a world where... 
Donald Trump is the president and Yorgos Lanthimos wins for best director. So can't be that one. People who don't follow you on Twitter when you get mad at me for no great reason don't know what you hate so much about Yorgos. What do you want to explain? I just feel like Yorgos's movies have gone from similarly to like Nicholas Winding, Winding Refn, like sort of he just gets obscure and obscure as he goes. And this one has just, I have found the favorite to be a, a terrible movie. I thought like because I couldn't understand any, I couldn't understand any of the emotional arcs of it. I couldn't understand any larger allegory of it. And I, then I was scratching my head and thinking back to like the lobster and the hour I watched of uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. And I was like, they're you all... Killing of a Sacred Deer. They're all like this. They're just like people... His only directing thing is like, don't have any emotion to this and I'm going to keep the camera on you forever. Mm. I feel like The Favorite is less like that than the other two. Uh, you could feel like that, but that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> Considering that Colin Farrell's main acting choice in those other two movies is acting like he's being interviewed by the KGB, I feel like the actual cutting wit of Rachel Weisz and the sort of ingenue striving of Emma Stone is <sighs> the opposite of that. But because yeah. you don't remember anything about the movie, I'll just win this argument and move on. Um, Please. Who's going to win? Alfonso Cuaron. You think? Okay. Yes. Good. There you go. You won't have to live in a world where Yorgos Lanthimos wins best. I, can, I cannot. If he wins, Sunday, you or listeners can know that this will be the last How would episode we of the podcast. Feel about Spike Lee winning for like his ninth he won best before? movie. He's never won. I don't think I'd mind. Yeah, it's but just, like I'm never a fan of like the the pity Oscar. No, because the pity. Well, I, that's yeah. Because the pity Oscar. All it does is bump out someone more deserving from now. If Spike had just won for Do the Right Thing or won for Malcolm X, we wouldn't have to do this. I know you like the wife, but if Glenn Close had just won for Fatal Attraction or Dangerous Liaisons or The Big Chill or anything in the prime of her acting career, we wouldn't have to do this right now, you know? We could be rewarding people who are 30 and not 66. You're ageist, it sounds like, when it comes to the Oscars. Um, I think that these people are just not making their best work. They're getting legacy awards. It's something the Oscars does all I the time. I disagree that the same conversation exists for Glenn Close in The Wife as Spike Lee directing Black Klansman. Oh. But wife. you continue to marginalize my girl Glenn. Oh. And, She's good in that know, movie. The rest of us will just watch her, her thrive in this, the... Uh, the renaissance of her career. She's 30 years past her prime as a performer. <laughs> Come on. I thought she was great in The Wife. I saw her reprise her role 20 years too old to play Norma Desmond. Oh, uh, yeah. Last year in Sunset Boulevard. Only 15. Uh, Glenn Close is great. And she is still can do it. She can still hit all those notes. Of course. It was as if we never said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to a documentary feature. Free Solo, Hale County this morning, this evening of Fathers and Sons, Minding the Gap, and RBG. No, have you seen any of these? Uh, no. I saw the trailer for uh, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg 
uh, like fictional film on the basis of sex. On the basis of sex, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't spit it out. Honestly, that this is movie basic, didn't get good reviews. It was bad. Um, that's basic. Is any Redmayne in that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the woman version of him, Felicity Jones, is uh, two of just Britain's most talented actors, right? From the Stephen Hawking universe, um, she. The trailer for On the Basis of Sex basically is the documentary RBG. It is one of like the rare, or actually I should say rare, along with Won't You Be My Neighbor, what took, was part of this year of like feel good documentaries. Like a very weird thing. Everyone come to the movie theater and like let's actually have like a an uplifting popcorn time watching nonfiction. Doesn't really happen. Right. And it's so weird that wasn't nominated. Yeah, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yeah. Made like a crazy amount of money for a documentary. Do you think RBG 2 on the basis of sex is the ESPN documentary to the Ryan Murphy OJ series? Oh, that's interesting. Is that a good, is yeah. that a good analogy? I like that. Uh, except, except for the OJ doc is like fantastic and RBG is like, are you liberal and upset? <laughs> No, I'm not saying in quality. I'm just saying like in that Hollywood move, like take a somewhat successful documentary and turn it into a much larger thing with Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, there is a Mariel Heller, uh, Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie coming next year. Same kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, So the front runners here are Free Solo or RBG. So Noah, do you like sort of um, contrived bottled memified inspiration or do you like this guy climbed el capitan and somehow didn't die does it feel different to be up there without a rope it's obviously like much higher consequence people who know a little bit about climbing they're like oh he's totally safe and then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out I've thought about El Cap like for years and every year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. So here we are, one day later. Noah, what I asked you, free solo or RBG, and 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 you responded in, in panic. Yeah, I couldn't be bothered yeah. with that question because while we were recording, uh, Lucy, the girl with whom I'm in a long-term monogamous live-in relationship texted me and said i think i'm having an allergic reaction yeah so i got up and assessed the situation and an hour later we were at the hospital and she was like big and red and had all these hives on her it was pretty gross but we fixed her up do you remember like two years ago when that mouse ran across your apartment we were talking about the martian I do remember that. That was less scary than this. Yeah, this is a much bigger, scarier, longer version of that intermission. And we're very glad that Lucy is okay. Yeah, she's great. Uh, All right. Let's get back into some Oscar stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. Based on the death-defying experience that you both just had, you're circling free solo. I think we're going to stay on theme there. 
Next up, a, a day later and a lot of energy spent later, we are on to film editing. Uh, an exercise in editing we've just done on this show should maybe be nominated. Yeah, um, why aren't we on here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the nominees are Black Klansman, The Favorite, Vice, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Green Book. Do you have a feeling about the best editing you saw this year, Noah Ballard? This category always, like, baffles me because I, I guess I really just don't quite understand. Like, I know what bad editing looks like, but, like, what's the best editing? Like, I don't know. Like, do you think that Patrick J. Don Vito was thinking, like, I bet this is the best editing anyone sees this year when he was editing Green Book? Like, what... <laughs> Yeah, that's not a movie that where the editing jumps out to me at all. Um, well, it, you raise a good question because the front runner in this category right now is Vice, which is the same editor that Adam McKay worked with on The Big Short, Hank Corwin, and it's a movie that really like sails on its editing because it's like, there's no traditional structure and there's all these weird, you know, McKayian sidebars. And that's the front runner. But I mean, it would also win for the joke we like to make of like, you know, most editing. Um, oh, nice. So there's that one. And shortly behind it is Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a very weird kind of test case because it won the award at the Editing Guild from editors. But that might just be because John Ottman stitched together a movie by two directors, one of whom was fired. Uh, but that's one of the worst edited films I've seen in recent memory. Oh, you think it's just because, like, interesting. The editors, think... like, feel sympathy for John Ottman for pulling together a movie that people are even talking about incidentally for awards. Sure, yeah, exactly. And, you know, made $200 million. Yeah, and it made money. Uh, um, that's the real problem with Brian Singer is that all of his movies, like, make money. That's true. <laughs> that's the real problem with them. <laughs> Well, that's like the problem. Yeah, I, problem well, I mean, we the real to problem. Escape from the problem of Hollywood fully walking away from him is that his movies make too much money. What's next, Chance? Go. We're oh, taking wait. Vice. We're taking Vice. Okay. We got to circle Vice. So we're gonna do this thing, or what? I mean, is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> Hot damn! Next up is foreign language film. Your nominees are Capernaum from Lebanon, Never Look Didn't Away. Did you from talk to the director of that film, Chance? I did. I interviewed Nadine Lebecki for the playlist. Um, when you were talking to her, did you think, I bet this is the best non-English film of the year? No, I don't really. I don't like it all that much, but it is... Uh, it's like the hyper-realistic, like, near documentary about this kid who sues his parents because he's born into like abject poverty. Right. Yeah. You could see why the Oscars would be like into that, but it's not the best in this field. Um, What's a cold war? No, Roma. Yeah. Yeah. And the other ones are shoplifters from Japan, cold war from Poland and Roma from Mexico. And never Um, look away from Germany. Did you say that? I was starting to, there we go. And never look away. Um, so the big favorite here again is Roma, but that just feels so curious. Like, well, here's here's the interesting thing: it's the front runner right now for best picture in terms of the odds makers. Um, but there's never been a best picture winner that wasn't in English. That feels like both like a duh, but also like a wait. Are we gonna do this? This would be a big 
deal. We've never had a Best Picture winner that wasn't in English. Interesting. I don't know. I had not is it possible it just nabs this one and then something else wins Best Picture? But do you think the Academy understands that it's voting for one or the other? Does it split these two categories? I don't know. Maybe it, seems... it gets neither one. What? Holy shit. <laughs> um, I don't know, ma'am. I think Smart Money is on Roma, but you know you could do Cold War. Maybe people don't want to award Roma twice. Maybe they want to give it... People, the Academy clearly liked Cold War. What do you think? What, what do you the want? hell, Shoplifters? Shoplifters is a really good movie. Um, uh, Coreda directed that one. Um, it's really good. And Never Look Away. Did you see that? I have. Se- this is definitely the first year I've ever seen all the foreign language nominees. Um, yeah, Never Look Away is by a man named Florian. Hinkle von Donner's mark. Oh yeah, the guy who directed the lives of others, and then the the tourist. That's right. Uh, it's fine. It's very epic and not as good as these other three. I really liked the lives of others. I've never seen it. It's good. Oh, it's brilliant. It won this award in I think two thousand seven. Yeah, and then they gave him a shot in English, and he made that and dreadful made tourist. <laughs> tourist movie. Well, the other interesting thing about foreign language film is that it is sort of like once these people are accepted, it can be a greeting ground, breeding ground, excuse me, for Hollywood directors. Sebastian Lalo, who made Fantastic Woman last year's winner, is now making a movie where like Julianne Moore dances around nightclubs for A24. So this is kind of like, a, you know, people from around the world, you can you could make a Hollywood movie now if you want. So interesting list. Um, should we just take Roma? What do you think? What do you think Smart Money's on? Smart Money's on Roma. All right. And then are you going to... Well, we'll get to Best Picture when we get to Best Picture. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll circle Roma. Makeup and hairstyling. Your nominees are Border, Vice, and Mary Queen of Scots. Vice is going to be your winner here. Uh, and I think for Because Christian Bale put on all that weight, Vice is going to get it? Have you, have you seen him seen in seen that him. movie? I haven't seen it. I mean, the makeup is unbelievable. He's unbelievable, but like... <laughs> If that makeup was bad, if we, if that was Guy Pearce in Prometheus, that would be an impossible movie. You never to get see into. Guy Pearce at like normal Guy Pearce age. Why not? Why do they not cast just an older person? Unless there's like this stock footage of him just sitting somewhere, like waiting for an alien movie that we don't even know about. You know there yeah. is Prometheus Pod now in full swing. Um, you got to take Vice, buddy. Will you circle it? Vice. What's Border? Border is like a Swedish film about troll people who fall in love. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I could have made that up, but it's true. You I haven't seen it. it. People say it's pretty good. And very weird. <laughs> um, are we ready for original score? Original score. Um, yes. Black Panther. If Beale Street Could Talk. Mary Poppins Returns. Black Klansman, and Isle of Dogs. What? I don't understand like, why these five movies. Well, we both agree that Nicholas Bertel's Beale Street score is pretty brilliant. Yeah, I understand one of them. Did you think that... I can't remember even the theme of Black Panther. It's Ludwig Göransson, much more modern, like electronic sounding music than anything in Marvel movies. We're like, is there even music in Marvel movies? I do, I do not know. 
Um, Black Klansman so, Terrence Blanchard's a genius, but was this his best? Well, the funny thing about Black Klansman, which I know you haven't seen, is that it just reuses two different themes from Inside Man, which are great themes, but like, hey, Terrence, those are from a different movie you did. That's funny. Um, I think Nicholas is both the slight favorite and probably the most deserving. Yeah, let's give it to Beale Street Good Talk. Original song, All the Stars from Black Panther, that's Kendrick and SZA. The Places Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns. Is that a Lin-Manuel song? Uh, No? Do you know? No, it's the Ben Wishaw song. Oh. That's horrible. That's the worst part of the movie. When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I was delighted to find out was a Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings song. That's Um, stupid. I'll Fight (laughs) from RVG. And, uh, of course, Shallow from A Star is Born. I think yeah, you have to give it to Shallow, right? You have to. It's the, I think it's probably the only thing Star is Born is going to win that night. I heard that song on the radio the other day. Oh, it's one of the most popular songs of 2018. It's a real dueling banjos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How far we've come. All right. We're giving it to Shallow. Well, we're going on your funnily ordered ballot. So right now we're going to talk about Best Picture. Are you ready? I'm ready. Traditionally, you talk about Best Picture, sound editing, and sound mixing. And that's the order we're going in here. Uh, your Best Picture nominees, there are eight. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, The Favorite, Roma, and Vice. Okay. Odds-wise, Roma is your favorite. Green Book, slightly behind. Only three to one. That's not that much of an underdog. Then you've got the favorite, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, and Klansman, all kind of lingering around 20 to one. And then the Star is Born and Vice are out of it, according to the, the Star bookies. Star is Born is out of it? Not Yeah, it's seven of eight, according to the bookies. I know I haven't seen all of these. I've seen most of these. Mm-hmm. And I thought... A Star is Born is the best. Yeah. It doesn't but, make sense to me why... And as, like as the most just, Hollywood, like, jerking itself off kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's like a, a movie... I don't know. You rightly said um, there's, there's this way in which Roma feels in some ways like a foregone conclusion like oh Coron's a total master they love him the cinematography is amazing it's a very oscar movie but then but then you stop and you're like wait the first movie not in english and released on netflix is gonna sweep best picture this year like it was nobody's business that that could be a reach well it's such a kick in the balls to like traditional hollywood and Studio it's also like system yeah yeah see this is a tough one because i'm always in what we did with Get Out last year, like, I don't regret it. That would have been the best. That should have been best picture, and it wasn't that far away. 
um, at least according to the odds. But this year, if it's not Roma, we might be staring Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody in the face and like, who boy. This one also kind of separates, you know, the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, in terms of, you know, beating someone in an Oscar pool by like one or two points. Yeah. Your pool's not weighted, is it? They all count the same. They all count the same. That would be But wild. I'm saying like if everybody picks Roma and then I'm the asshole that picks Green Book. You either... They all get minus one. I all get pl- I get plus one. Right. Or you lose an easy one and they all pull one ahead of you. What are we? What am I circling here? I think you got to choose, buddy. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to circle Green Book. I don't want to circle Green Book. I want to circle. Uh, I want to circle Roma, frankly. Or do a star it. is born, but I don't think either one of them are going to win. You don't. What I do you think is going to win? I don't know. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. Frankly, oh. I just think that like the society could like it's just it's it's wetting their lips to writing a think piece about how the hell Bohemian Rhapsody won best a movie with two directors right. and with such like scandal around it. Hollywood stands up and says, like, we're going to do whatever the hell we want, and you're going to like it. That is some of the, the, you know, the anonymous voting thing on Green Book. is like there's a backlash to the way that movie was conceived, and then other people are coming back and being like, how dare you get mad at our Hollywood thing? Um, so, yeah, what you're describing is happening. Um, oh, no. Put pen to paper. What are we doing? I'm going to give it to Bohemian Rhapsody. What? <laughs> Oh my god. You want to be right that bad? I think it gets up. I think it gets up. It would be the worst Oscar winner ever. <laughs> like Crash be, Crash is crash a com- level bad. Crash is a competently made film. Bohemian Rhapsody is like someone will say something and the camera will cut to four different people and it makes no fucking sense like what is going on in a scene like it's amateurish. I, I think you're thinking too much about like the movie itself and not what the movie represents which mm. is like hollywood's money. A, money and hollywood showing that it like the way that it's going to deal with me too is through like clever editing ah there you go and I think it's 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 the most you have to look at like because I think it's always the movie that is the most shamelessly like patting on the back of itself that will always win, you know whether it's Shape of Water to yeah. Crash to whatever it is it's not going to be the most like it's going to be the best movie it's not going to be the most controversial movie it's going to be the movie that panders the most. If that's true, though. I have to say the movie that does that the most in this field is Green Book, not Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't but know. But go with your pick. I, I love that you picked that horrible movie just to try to <laughs> sne- steal one point from your coworkers. Yeah, let's do it. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, um, okay, on to the heavy hitter, sound editing. Noah, you know what I did this year, buddy? What did you do? I researched the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. Yeah, sound editing is like the actual like chopping and editing of the audio files and sound mixing is like coming up with the like stuff, isn't it? Eloquently said. 
It's like making the actual noises. Um, so the way that I found it defined is that sound editor editing is more akin to like a directorial vision for the audio. So it's just like music, dialogue, the the relationship to everything like sonically. Sound mixing is more like the execution, more akin to like cinematography if you're if no, we're keeping up the, the directorial direction. So um we have all the same nominees in both categories except for one. So Black Panther, First Man, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Roma appear in both. The difference being A Quiet Place and A Star is Born, which is a little bit instructive because A Quiet Place is the like, hey, we made a movie about sound. How do you think we did imagining that? And Good a star idea. Is- you didn't pull it off. Exactly. And <laughs> A Star is Born is more like, we don't care about your music, but hey, we love the way that Shallow actually sounds. Interesting. Yeah. First Man is the leader by in a little ways for editing. Um, but everything else is pretty close behind except Roma. I think it would be just so offensive if like the only Oscar that A Star Is Born wins is sound mixing. Yeah. But I think it might. You don't think it's going to... I thought we picked it for Shallow. You don't believe in oh, us? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. A hundred categories in a room and you don't think it can win the one we said it would? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll go first man for sound editing. Let's did do that. Did you see that film? I did. I liked it. You Did you like the sonic vision for it? You're you're basically choosing uh, metal rattling over <laughs> Queen songs here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever sound sweat makes when it drops from Ryan Gosling's like chin. Um, as he's like shaking is what you're voting Boop. for here. Yep. <laughs> and a quiet um, place is literally the absence of sound. Right. So yeah, maybe they're just tricking us. Do you want to go Star is Born for uh, mixing? You want to do Star is Born for mixing and First Man for editing. All right. We've chosen a job so difficult, requiring so many technological developments. We are going to have to start from scratch. Next up, visual effects. Your nominees are uh, Avengers colon Infinity War, First Man, Solo colon A Star Wars Story, Christopher Robin, and Ready Player One. Uh, no, Are we voting for Darth Maul? Yeah, it's the Darth Maul with the <laughs> thing around his, his middle because he got sewn back together. That's right. Uh, it's Christopher Robin. You think so? Uh the front runner, I should say, is Avengers Infinity War because, like, sure. me- meme of the year was Thanos snapping and people f- disappearing. Yeah, it's a clean sweep. Avengers Infinity War. All right. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Last two my publishing friend are the writing categories so we'll start with adapted screenplay your nominees are the ballad of buster scruggs black klansman can you ever forgive me if beale street could talk and a star is born weird category oh yeah it is weird because okay so black klansman is your front runner but really yes 
But I think of the four movies in the lead, which is Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Beale Street, and A Star is Born, writing is not the strength of those movies. The only one that's really stood out to me at, at writing is the Coen Brothers one, the Buster Scruggs. But it's almost like, oh, thank God that Coen's made a movie this year. So we had something to legitimately nominate it for Best Adapted Screenplay. But what is it adapted of? Like weird dime store westerns. Oh, it's like legitimately based on the... I thought they had like made that shit up. I know. It's apparently based on something. Interesting. I don't know. So Black Klansman, is that what I'm giving it to? Yeah, this is just like a weird category where it's like, uh, you know, kind of cool kid also rans. And I guess they want to give it to Black Klansman. Cool. All right. And original screenplay, wrapping things up here. Your nominees are The Favorite... First, oh, your boy. Re- first reformed, uh, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. First reformed, frankly, of these movies, my opinion is it's the best. Written, yeah. You don't go. Yeah, you love this movie. Yeah, it's really well written. Um, I think the favorite is a lot showier. It's people in rooms saying witty things, and it's it's your it is the favorite in this category. Um, but if you think they want to give it to a uh, old problematic Paul, whose work I I do kind of like, um, maybe we do it. I don't know. You think it's the favorite? Yeah, it's probably the favorite. All right, I I'll give a little asterisk here on the page to first reform, but I guess I'll circle the favorite. And that's all the Academy gave Ethan Hawke. They're just like, oh, here's your asterisk in the mail. He said, you're gonna send me my Oscar in the mail? No, your asterisk will be coming in the mail. <laughs> Right, poor Ethan Hawke. Poor guy. You know he's. You know that he's gonna win for whatever his the wife is in twenty years. Will he still be alive? Ethan Hawke. I hope Ethan Hawke will be alive at sixty four. Whatever. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, and I hope he continues to like go to both award shows and like premieres of film season because he has some of the best outfits like I've ever seen. They're like pretty yeah. traditional cut suits and things, but just the fabrics and colors that he chooses are just outrageous. The, you see that bright yellow suit that he wore to the like first reforms? Yeah, that was incredible. Love that let me, guy. Let me tell you something about suits. I was doing a play with Josh Hamilton. And... <laughs> I was doing a Neil LeBute play and I yeah. was just like, and Neil says to me, uh, <laughs> Eric, don't ever wear sh- uh, suit jackets that aren't bright colors. And I was like, interesting. So it took us two days and one medical emergency, but I think you're going to do better this year. I think we got a little bit more cynical with our picks and I think it's going to help you pile up points. I think what's going to put me over the top is my... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody for Best Picture. You really want to win that way, huh? Yeah, I want to win the the, <laughs> the most horrible <laughs> way possible. I want the I want the person who's like grading these on uh, Monday morning to be like Noah actually picked. He had <laughs> six son of a bitch. You and Fox have something in common then regarding that movie. <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, this was fun. I'm. Again, I'm really glad that Lucy's okay. And, She's uh, fine. She's napping over here. And uh, we'll see you on the tweets on Oscars night, I guess. I, I'm i going so social media blackout. Are you? Yeah. I'll just, I'll read about it on Monday morning. 
All right, buddy. I'll see you later. I can't wait. And the Oscars awarded to Nicolas Cage. <laughs>